here's a guy who uses a lot of big words because he knows this stuff. Joseph Newberger joins the show, criminal lawyer at Newberger and Partners and host of the Not On Record podcast. Joe, it's good to have you back. Thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Kelly. Thank you very much. All right. So let's get to the Emergency Act first. Do you have any concerns about the Emergency Act? Because I know the Canadian Civil Liberties Association is saying it is uh, the language of the EA is way too broad. And basically, the government is just saying, I know we have excessive powers here, but just trust us. We won't use all the powers we've given ourselves. Yeah, I I have concerns. So it came into being in 19... uh, 88, I believe, and you can use it for public disorder uh, situations, which right, rise to the occasion of an emergency. And that's essentially, I guess, what the government is saying here. And it seems that they needed, the police needed some additional measures uh, in place to allow them to go in and uh, seize trucks, move them and make arrests. But the criminal code has, the Canadian criminal code has a fairly robust set of laws. It's a thick book and it's been around for a long time. And, you know, they're being charged with mischief and you could have made a case without the Emergencies Act that they were in, uh, committing mischief and arrest them at, at that stage and then tow the vehicles because it's part of the criminal offense. So I'm not entirely sure. I think the idea was specifically to bring in additional services other than the Ottawa police, it could bring in RCMP and OPP and have them all sort of converge to assist. And then the government wanted to go much broader because they had concerns about who's funding this, who's behind it. And mm-hmm. that's where we got into the seizing of bank accounts, which really worries me because they're applying the Emergencies Act. So it comes into force on a certain day. They're applying it backwards. It's not curious. We're not sure as to how far back they want to apply it to donors, which I think is incredibly unfair because three, four weeks ago, you might have made a $100 donation, not realizing it would turn into this type of a situation. Um, and then you get your accounts frozen. So this is a very broad reaching set of governmental powers where they are using um, at their own behest. There is a check to this because if people are charged, um, you can uh, you know fight it out in court and there will be uh, charter challenges. If accounts are seized, you can bring an application to court against the bank and the government. Um, but this is expensive. It takes time. You know, uh, it, 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 it hampers an individual's ability to live for a certain period of time and retain counsel. It's, it is very concerning and it, it should be used very surgically and not broadly. And I think that's the concern of the opposition and other parties who are opposed to it and even those who are saying it was not necessary. Well, it's definitely precedent setting, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't used it. I mean, you can count on one hand when we've had situations like this, and this is really um, it's a total precedent, and it's the first time I think we faced in Canada something of this nature. I mean, you know, generally we have a, a pretty, you know, when we have protests and when we have uh, opposition, it's done through, you know, various mechanisms that are not similar to this, where you have a group converge on a bridge and on parliament and sort of just camp out there and and there's the blaring of the horns and stuff so i don't think we've had something that rise to almost akin to a civil disobedience which which people have um you know equated it to so i think this is really a first for us in canada and we're sort of grappling with it other than Mm -hmm. what happened in quebec with the flq crisis i think it's interesting i i I think that People want to point at the, it depends on which side you're on, but want to point at the bouncy castle and the hot tub and say, see, look, we're totally peaceful. 
Other people say, I mean, that is just the ultimate, uh, thumb in your nose at, you know, democracy that you're going to camp out and put up a, uh, you know, hot tub and sit in it. Look, I agree. You know, I, one of the hard things is, you know, when you see optics like that, it, it really it does not extend a voice to a legitimate protest mm-hmm. and engender good, uh, healthy political discourse. It does nothing to do it. In fact, it completely detracts. That type of optics is very bad. It looks like a party and you're mocking everybody. And what happens is when you're protesting, it's important that you're not only protesting for your own rights and your own group's rights, but you have to respect the rights of others. So there are people in the downtown Ottawa community now who are breathing a sigh of relief because they're able to rest. They're able to um, you know, go to work. Um, businesses are able to open. And when you have optics like that, it really detracts from the message. And then what, what has been a bit of a difficulty to discern is what exactly are some of these people's demands? We know generally what mm-hmm. they are. But, you know, I've seen some people, you know, briefly interviewed and they'll say, I'll stay here until the end of days or whatever, but I'm not sure exactly what he wants to achieve or she wants to achieve. And it'd be healthy to know more and maybe have had a dialogue from the government yeah. before enacting the Emergencies Act. Like, have some emissary speak to them and let's see what they want to say. Yeah, I agree with that. When you know, throughout the weekend when I was watching, you know, the the media coverage and I was watching several different sources flipping back and forth at, at it go down on, on uh in real time and when reporters were harassed by protesters saying, "Wait a minute, you're not you're lying, you're not telling the real truth." They would stop and literally go, "You're live on TV. What is your truth? What is it? Why are you here?" And it was just like, "Ah, they didn't yeah. have a message." Yeah, it, it's it's an articulation of a clear message, which we don't have, and none of us know. And by now, you would mm-hmm. imagine that that message would have gotten out. So this may be a factor of, you know, the organizers and not being clear on what their mandate was and what their message was. And of course, they're not necessarily a well-funded, sophisticated, you know, lobbying organization who could do that. But I would imagine that they'd be able to get it out more clearer. You know, we were all hearing snippets well, of... And the mandates, but, you know, we know that's going to happen eventually, but, sure. you know, it was more like, you know, meeting with the opposition and the, uh, what is it, the governor general to form government. And that's just, you know, not going to happen. So yeah, it's like, tinfoil you know. hat sort of stuff. Like that's not, you're not going to get that opportunity. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Randy Hillier. Speaking of, you know, our premier said he had gone rogue and of course was kicked out of his caucus. He's now sitting as an independent. He got into, uh, well, people are calling for him to be arrested after something that he tweeted out on the weekend. Basically, I find this appalling. This was something that went up on the screen when I was watching the media coverage, and it was basically a tweet from the Ottawa police telling people, urging people to stop calling 911 to express their displeasure about the police action because this is an emergency line so that people can get the care they need when they are in an emergency. And Randy Hillier retweeted that request, but he put his own message on top saying, keep calling in a democracy, expressing yourself is a fundamental freedom. Hashtag Freedom Convoy 2022. So he was encouraging people to call 911 and jam the lines. I find that absolutely appalling it's unconscionable to me that someone would do that but could he be arrested and charged and if so with what yes he can be charged with that because you're it's a mischief that's a public line for emergencies 
let's just think about this for a moment. God forbid people are trying to call in with a, somebody suffering a heart attack or stroke, and they can't get through because people are jamming a 911 line, which is not the way to voice your protest. That's not a line for voicing a protest. You want to go out and stand on your street block, you want to march down the block, and you want to peacefully protest and express your displeasure with what the police are doing in Ottawa, God bless you. But if you're tying up an emergency line, which can result in somebody's death, no, that's pretty serious. That's a mischief. It's a public line for, for the care and health and safety of people. Um, and it, if, if indeed this is related back to him properly, and he, frankly, if he admits it, um, it, it could easily be a mischief charge for which he could be arrested. And I, frankly, as defense lawyer, would have no defense for him. This is not freedom. This is not freedom of expression. This is freedom of stupidity. It's absolutely stupid. And I have, and, and it shows how we descend. And you know what? And, and it's just, it just leads into one other thing when we talk about the Emergencies Act. You know, people wonder how government exercise their powers. How does this happen in a country? Which just leaves me baffled with the fact that nobody pays attention to who we really elect or how we have our party politics in Canada. You know, you vote for one party, you've got an absolute power in place. You know, with a minority government, they're slightly checked, thank mm-hmm. God. But, you know, people have to really pay attention to how powerful their vote is, who we vote in, what nut jobs we vote in, and, and we have to be more careful about that. But I, I'm incensed at what this guy did. I mean, he's an idiot. I mean, this is not something you do. I would support his freedom of expression by tweeting or by standing out and making a speech or writing an interesting op-ed. But I doubt that he could even you know, construct a sentence intelligently. This was just absolutely stupid, and I think he should be arrested. Well, I understand Sorry. that um, Tamara Leach has been refused bail. She's one of the organizers of the protests. Yeah, that shocked been- me, too. She she's been um you're you're shocked that she made bail or didn't make bail. She should. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm sorry to say that, too. It's like we have to be very careful about not going down a slippery slope. OK, yes, we have difference with differences with how these people have conducted themselves. But denying her bail compared to somebody who is released on a weapons offense. I mean, on, you know, on a on a spectrum of seriousness. This is not something where there is a direct physical danger to the community. So this person should be released on terms if they continue to conduct themselves in a manner that contributes to disorderly conduct in the community, then they'll be breached and put into jail. But withholding bail, I just think that's very heavy handed. You think this is a message being sent by the judge? I I do. And I think it's a it's a political statement. And we need our justice of the peace and our judges to be careful to wait, uh, you know, what, what, what is on the line here. And it may be that she didn't have a proper release plan. I'm not sure. Um, you know, those details haven't been released, but I think these, these people deserve bail. There needs to be a, a really intense review very quickly about bank accounts, which are seized for people who are just simply donators as mm-hmm. opposed to dark money, which is coming in from other jurisdictions. The government needs to be very surgical about this and act swiftly to prevent further, further breaches of charter rights. So I'm on both sides on this. But yeah. I just think we have to be careful about protecting rights and also protecting the public. I think, Joe, it, it's it's fair to be on both sides. I think it's a very uh, difficult uh, topic. It, it's there are a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of I think it's valid to have concerns about what's going on in the Emergency Act. I, as we say, it's never been used before. Precedents being set. And this could have um, pretty serious ramifications on our rights and freedoms moving forward. We have to examine it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you 100%. I just think, you know, in the future, you know, for protests and other things, you know, 
there are there is a way to do it and there's a way to voice it and there's a way to get your messaging out there mm-hmm. and i think it's a very important part of our democratic process but we got to be careful about how you execute that and then careful how the government responds because this is a heavy-handed uh, move they may have needed it but it's got to be very short in time span and they got to clean up the damage that they've caused joseph thanks so much for for joining us i always appreciate your time on the show Thanks for letting me ramble on about it, Kelly. Take oh, care. We always appreciate you <laughs> rambling on. All right, a little Led Zeppelin there for you. Zeppelin next. Uh, Joseph Newberger, criminal lawyer and uh, at Newberger and Partners, and of course, host of the Not On Record podcast.